is time to tune up the band and bring in the new generation of the WWF. For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Ridden, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hello there, chaps. How have you been this week? Uh, I've been all right. Up until now. It's the Vin- <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just any, any chance I get to do that with- Vince's voice on commentary is a very weird thing when compared to his normal oh, tone. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I will. I will mention that. No, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. But yeah, <laughs> it's the only chance I get to bring it up. I, I I most likely will, even though I still think the man is a abhorrently horrible human being. But I digress. <laughs> huh. So. Yeah, it's been quite busy for me in terms of stuff here and there. Uh, but we keep soldiering on as best I can. Um, I'm sorry in advance, as we before we talk about it, that I put you two through this. Oh, don't worry. I put us through this. This is on <laughs> me. <laughs> Apology not accepted. <laughs> Could have been worse. We could have. Been, I could have. I could have asked you for SummerSlam '95, where we had to see Mabel win the title. Oh, well, I'll get to that. You could have, but anyway, I caused this. This is my fault, and I accept all the blame and responsibility. Well, that's good. As you should. As you bloody should. Anyway. <laughs> okay, dope. But yeah. Um. As all that being said, I'm excited to hear your reactions to this one. <laughs> so, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. That's right. The Sweet Chinwag podcast is in your house, just pending in the corner. That's it. Just always. Just staring at you, forever pending There's other a... platforms. No, 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 that sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. So, before we get on to our review of the very first in your house pay per view, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. A lot of things happening this week. Like, kind of like it feels like yeah. a lot of things bubbling. Um,. I guess we'll start with AEW and the whole stuff around Collision. Um, now, like, basically confirmed to be a thing that's happening. Well, there's a um, big announcement happening next week. And what we yeah. know is that TNT will be announcing it first. And then Tony Khan will be kind of doing a, a huge, like, a formal announcement come Dynamite. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen, apparently, they're... they're projecting Samoa Joe versus CM Punk for the first main event, which is just gas. Like, That's... if in doubt, return to 2005. As <laughs> Tony Khan always seems to do, especially because he's now, because of course, being Ring of Honor owner now. <laughs> Look, yeah, that's right, a good point, to actually. To Tony's just living out his best forum poster dreams, and I'm happy for him. And that's a bit too real, honestly, Dan. Yep. <laughs> you just made me think about some things. This God is where damn, a CTW right. forum member has a billion dollars behind them. <laughs> no, but this is what I mean. This man is a forum poster through and through. Wow. 
Just imagine, wow, could you imagine just... Zandig with that money? That's all I'm saying. I mean, that I, would I, be... I... Yeah, to, 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 to reference the um the the shoot interview quote by um Tajiri, uh he had three hundred he had three hundred light tubes and only a hundred fifty people in the building. So <laughs> imagine, scale that up by scale that up by like a thousand. <laughs> I'd love Tajiri. Or as he was billed when he was in the WWF in nineteen ninety seven, Tajari. Big Tadgers. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, yeah, that that was the the thing that's been put forward to Mojo versus CM Punk. Love it, awesome, great place to start. Um, and I'm sure there'll be lots of really other cool stuff for it. Um, Punk coming back. Ring of Honor's had some uh, mm. some great um, proposed cards coming up for it, so awesome to see that. Punk coming back though is a uh, is um it's definitely been one for as a rule of contention towards a lot of fans. Um, for me. I guess my perspective is, of course, from a business side, it works wonders. It's going to do them. It's going to do them really good. At the same time, though, you can't help but look at this from an outsider's perspective, a fan's perspective, and think: Are they really making a second show just so they can keep the two parties apart? When really, shouldn't we really be? adults about this and try and come to a resolution i mean there, there's like there's like 18 different ways that you can partition this really exactly yeah because like obviously the part of it's like oh are they really making a second show just for just to keep people separate and the thing about this is i'm like i i knowing how wrestling is it's entirely within the bounds of possibility that someone is so petty that they would force a separate show to be created purely to keep them away from other people it could definitely happen all this said though but also mm. also though the like i understand that this whole situation has caused problems <laughs> but i do not understand a world where a like a what 40 something year old man <laughs> is unable to undergo a process of conflict resolution with someone he has an issue with. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just insanity. If that is actually the case, then, <clears throat> like, Tony, outsource your HR department. <laughs> yeah. We all we like, say someone this as else well. Do it. We say this as well when we've just seen as well that AEW has secured a $5 billion deal with Warner Brothers Discovery to keep them under their banner for i think was it for a number of years i think i want to say it was like yeah. four four five years of course the problem with that is it's warner brothers discovery yeah yeah which, yeah that's which exactly in recent, which, in, which in recent years has not proven to have the best track record <laughs> I, my god like the moment you said that i was like wow and then i heard warner brothers and i was like oh yeah. no oh like no. these these people this is the company that possibly went underwent two of the biggest bag fumbles in a year. <laughs> this is this. They have been doing nothing but fumbling the bag since 2012. <laughs> I mean, let's look at the whole like the the Cartoon Network debacle from uh, from last year as well. That's How they just... completely purged a hell of a lot of shows. Oh, I, I'm not even going to get into the whole thing of uh, of them purging so many shows from TBS as well. So, no, but yeah. that just uh, just the merger. Yeah, yeah, the merger yeah. just the... freaking messing everyone up. Like, like the last 
objectively, like, no caveats, good thing they did was Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. Now, they get points for that, but that was 2015. Yeah, but like, you can, ha- you can, you can. Every so often, you can have a hitter and still be a shitter. Like, yeah, no, that's true. It's true. As for as for CM Punk, I'm like, all right, but I'm again, like, literally, just go on like a fucking like company resort or something. You've got yeah. the money. You've got the money. <laughs> like, I'll be basically saying like we have a, like another like one of those beach beach bash things at like the spring break beach shows that they should do like do whatever it is you gotta do but like making a separate show to keep them away is ridiculous if true my point with this is, is i refuse to believe that there is a wrestler out there who is <clears throat> who is as presently in the mindset of cm punk that also would not just if he like the opportunity to get the bag is too ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know he know you should know if he has the match with Kenny, he's getting the bag. Exactly. Regardless of how good it is, it could be awful, but he knows he's still getting paid. I basically, like, I, if if it is the case, I want Joe to do the concrete stared spot one more time to punk this time. <laughs> not having Joe do the fucking stare spot. Oh god! This man, this man is beyond that point. I feel like he's being held together by gaffer tape at this point, Joe. He probably is, he probably is but I'm not yeah. having. I love the stare spot because it's so dumb. But I'm not having him do it again. But it's the look of instant <laughs> regret on Joe's face. Yeah, because he knows he's just jumped onto concrete stairs. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck have I done? I am. I should. I am almost 40 years old. Or maybe he is 40 years. How old is Samoja? Hang on. How old is this dude? I thought late 30s. I Samoja would say late 30s. 44 years old. Dear oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Okay, Do it again! Do it again! Don't, don't worry. Um, but yeah, it, it like look the 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 opportunities to get the bag are too unreal. Yes. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yes. Wrestling wrestling at its heart is still deeply carny, and I know that there are people that will insist they aren't carny, but when the money comes in, they will be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, speaking of making money, um, AEW All In now well over sixty thousand tickets projected to make seventy four thousand. That's awesome. I mean, I don't like. I keep people keep being surprised about this, and I keep wanting to shake them and saying, "Do you guys not understand how much the UK loves wrestling?" Why is this still a yeah. surprise to you? It's the UK it, it's and Europe, we freaking love it's pro because wrestling. As, as, we've, as we've seen through TikTok trends and other stuff, Americans just don't conceptualize how the British work. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the British don't conce- conceptualize how the British work. But... Yeah, I know, right? That's because the entire world, about 30 mile away from us, is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> like, if I'm in Lon- if I'm in London, I drive thirty miles out, and I end up in the middle of like Berkshire. It's a, it might as well be the Phantom Zone to me. <laughs> now you're right, <laughs> but He's not wrong. Um, I, I, I don't I don't know if anyone's seen 
uh, the whole TikTok thing. There was a whole thing of Americans being like, of being aggrieved over the fact that when we get a takeaway, we say we're getting a Chinese, an Indian, and that was passed although, into being some although kind I of will racist say, thing. Listen, look. <laughs> There is a lot of there is a lot of things that you can charge the, the UK with when it comes to racism. That ain't one of them. Come now. Although I will say no, this, but this is the thing, and it was just people from the UK just being like, "No, we're lazy." Yes, <laughs> that's just how we speak. Yes. Although I will say this, certain people going on on blast saying Chinese food in, in 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 the UK looks awful. I agree with them on the extent of why in the world are you mixing chips with chow mein and curry sauce? Like, look, yeah. right, we, look, we can talk about that. We could talk on another time about the prospect of get the fact of getting chips from a Chinese takeaway, right? Okay, <laughs> that's a whole separate thing. It is so aggressively British, I cannot express it. People it are is genuinely surprised by the it, amount of combination so, chip like shop to, Chinese. I, I, I have to remind people that just we exist in a different plane to the US. Yes, if AEW are doing a show in like fucking North Dakota, people there might be like, "Oh well, there's probably going to be another show at some point." So it doesn't matter. We hardly ever get shows. <laughs> so when you do a show and you say we're doing it at Wembley <laughs> we're like oh shit I need to go to that <laughs> yep just just know everybody as a heads up come August if uh, if uh, if you see a certain section of, of of the uh of the ringside area um pop crazy when Jeff Jarrett comes out just know that that's us that's us that's absolutely yeah. us. <laughs> Jarrett hype be running wild um but yeah like it, it it we don't get shows as often if at all <laughs> so this is very big and we care and uk fans are caring a lot about it insert american anti-aew guy being like oh i can't believe that there's all these hardcore fans here bro shut up shut up <laughs> right <laughs> we we do not care <laughs> i'll say this if this leads to aew doing a regular kind of like european adjacent big show i'm all for that and not Dude, just I'm london ireland go to <clears throat> ireland france germany the netherlands i think people are clamoring across europe for more of these big shows yeah yep. and it, and it, and it's stuff it's stuff like say they did a, a show in like france or germany Dude, that's that's relatively easy and relatively cheap for people to travel to. As I said to you guys, I think I said it last week. I don't know if I said it in in the episode or just before we hit record. All in Spain take place in the new camp in Barcelona. Yes, yes, we did. We did say that because I remember because I made a joke about people at the right at the top needing telescopes to see it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But no, I, I I think this should be a really good sign about the the massive wrestling market in Europe and why people should pay attention to it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to August just in general, not because not only for for the event itself, but just the fact that we're going to be able to see so many of our yeah, friends in the community, our friends and our peeps and everyone like that. It's going to be awesome. So looking forward to it. Although, does anyone think we're going to be recording an episode that weekend? 
<laughs> no. 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 We are. It's not happening. That's not happening. Look, I gotta do. Look, we record the Saturday. I gotta get everything done on the Sunday so we can get ready. I'm not working on the Sunday before all in. No. <laughs> no way am I doing that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> WWE news. Adjacent stuff. So, we have the final of who's going to be winning the World Heavyweight Championship set in place. It's going to be Seth versus AJ. Which is going to certainly be... I, I was I was very surprised considering I, I was... I think a lot of people were fully expecting it to be Edge. Yeah. But I'm, no, I'm, I'm excited Seth to see a Seth-AJ AJ match. Yeah. It's definitely going to be something cool. The one that confuses me, though, that was announced... Uh, on SmackDown, is that Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa are challenging for the tag team titles. Yeah, I've got nothing on that. You know what makes it even more weird? Is when you take into account Sami Zayn defending the tag titles at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I have, I have seen about this, um, and as I understand, diplomatic relations between Syria and Saudi Arabia have recently reopened. Okay. So, Syrian nationals or people of Syrian descent are allowed into the country. Interesting. Ah, a lot of can change in a couple of weeks, Dan. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I've seen, although I have no idea necessarily to the validity or extent of it. Because we are but a Pokey West Pro been, Wrestling that's podcast. Been, that's what I've been people saying. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're going to go into the uh, in, into that whole thing, I was going to say, I don't think we're equipped or qualified to go into that situation. Uh, I, am not, I am not properly equipped at this current moment to talk about, the re- about international relations in the Middle East. <laughs> exactly as i said we are a pokey pro wrestling podcast i'm just a guy that pays attention to bbc news every now and then <laughs> that's for true but um yeah i think this that that announcement screams that um like we're more focused now on the number rather than than roman's reign <laughs> pun intended with the championship and I don't know if that's if that if that's uh, it's at, at a detriment to the titles themselves to the to, to to Roman himself. It's like, well, if he wins the title, what? Well, how's that going to look? Because <laughs> you know, if, if they lose them, surely Solo is taking the pin. <laughs> exactly, because you've got to yeah. make Roman look strong. <laughs> The brother's been champion for how long? He's been he's been champion as long as we've been about on the podcast, gentlemen. No, you know, because he won the title in October 2020. Yeah, just uh, yeah. So we've been going for like a few months longer. Four months. <laughs> four five months. Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Uh by you, we could have it worse. We could we could be having we could be having Goldberg's free year reign as champion. Yeah. 
Could always be worse. Could always be worse. But that doesn't mean that this is good. We could have been in the middle of a three-year-long fiend reign. Oh, well, it just seems like Element Games is now having his weird booking of WWE and Universe mode come to fruition, where Roman holds every title, including the AEW World Championship and and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It just works. It just... Also, I'm now officially a member of the NWO LA Lakers, so, you know. <laughs> nice. Nice. Which is weird. Anyway, I don't care. <laughs> uh, anything else in the news, Dan? Uh, I think with that, though, we're done with the news. Lovely stuff. Let's head on over to Recommendation Corner, where Reardon is, is idly standing by with a recommendation this week. What have you got for us, sir? Guys, how do you feel about Trixie Mattel and Katya. Slay, Queen, slay. Oh, well, then you're in luck. Because I recommend their wonderful YouTube channel. Uh, that is basically how it is pronounced. I like, love how I didn't your mic cut off trying to. <laughs> 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 you well, listen, I, can't... <laughs> I tried. I tried. When they talk about. Anything that they want to, because it's their show and not yours. It's. I haven't got anything really to say other than if you want to watch two drag drag queens with some of the funniest and most creative editing I've ever seen on YouTube, just watch it. It's incredible. I just there are over two hundred episodes. <laughs> All of them are gold. I. There's not much like there's not much for me to say other than it's just really damn funny and <laughs> really damn entertaining. Um special I think special mentions go to their weird ass laughs, both of them, mm. and Trixie Mattel's interpretation of Cher, <laughs> which <laughs> never ceases to delight and amaze me. So, literally, just watch it. It's so good. So, so good. <laughs> May I also make, well, less of a recommendation, but more of a feel-good story to, that I can recommend to people? Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> this this made me so unbelievably happy that I, I told Dad in a, in, 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 as soon as I saw it. So, um, anyone who is a fan of, of Midwest emo music... Um, will know of, of course, the famed house in in rural Chicago or Illinois that uh, that was the cover for American Football's very first album. So it was found out that recently that the the house was going to be auctioned off, and the very likely case that it would have been demolished to make way for more kind of uh, condos within the area. So the band themselves, their label. And three other people, including famed skateboarding photographer Ativa Jefferson, all bought the house from the develop from the developers. This is this and is now, this is what the music was meant for. Yep. Just keeping this landmark in emo music alive, and I'm just like, please turn that place either into like the world's most emoist Airbnb or the emo museum. <laughs> 
I Ooh. said I said turn it into just like the most period emo DIY venue. It just it's it's you can't write perfection in in in, in the world of emo like, music more than just keep being able to keep that house alive. Like have the have the the house be like a tribute to American football's music, and then have a basement which is just a DIY venue. There, you heard it first. So that's my kind of feel-good recommendation, I guess you could say. <laughs> but with that, it is time to get on to our review of In Your House 1. Okay, feathers. <laughs> How much do we hate each other for watching this? <laughs> Come on, give me the hate. Come on. You know, watching this, I've I've watched a lot of pay-per-views and videos for this podcast over the years i don't think i don't think i've hated one more i do, or at least i don't think one has been more like just an absolute slog to get through Correct. despite the fact it's the shortest one we've ever yes, watched I know, yeah, I know. Exactly, exactly i remember looking this up and seeing like oh it's like an hour and like 40 oh that ain't too bad Oh, how, how did bragging rights feel shorter than this? Yes, I don't know exactly. But we managed to somehow get through it, and I imagine we have a lot to say about okay. this event. That's okay. I would like sure. to start. I would like to start off with something. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna sound like a. This is gonna sound like crack because. It's before we even get to the show starting. First okay. off, the thumbnail for this. Why do the boots look like crab claws? Oh my god, you're right. It has wrestling boots in the thumbnail, and they look like crab claws, and I hate it. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. The uh, illustration looks like crab claws. I mean, he's not wrong. He's really not wrong. You're not fucking, wrong. I've got the fucking crab wrestlers from South Park. It's so weird. You're right. I can't stop looking at it. Right. I thought I was bugging. No, you know, <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. right. All right, fellas. I'm going to stop myself from looking at that because would you like to know what was going on in the world of wrestling? I can only imagine what was yes. happening in 1994. Okay then, fellas, let's go over and visit our good old friend at the Wrestling Observer, Mr. Davey Meltman, to yes, see what was going on in the world at this time. Once again, cannot thank the Squared Circle Reddit enough for actually preserving this stuff for all of us, so thank you ever so much. So, let's take ourselves to the very first, uh, uh, well, couple of, well, the first kind of weeks of May going on. WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling had just wrapped up on their humongous show, Collision in Korea. Outstanding. We're, so, oh. we're starting off hot. We yeah, we're starting off strong. Collision in Korea. So, of course, um, this show, given the numbers of what was going on in North Korea, drew over the couple of days, I think, 340,000 people. Um, but as we all know, those weren't paid punters. They were forced to attend the show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those big asterisks. We did a show with a 340,000 draw rate. But remember, asterisk all of those tickets were North cost. Korea. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah that's that that's what we go i have always said to these two it's one of those weird weird shows that definitely has to be seen to believe believed but you guys have always kind of shot down watching it as a pay-per-view line. i legitimately draw the line i've always said i feel like i'd just be watching the wrestling version of liminal space yeah oh my god you've hit the nail on the freaking head dad like it's wrestling and it's a wrestling show but it distinctly feels like it isn't I, I just don't I just don't know how I'd be able to watch it. <laughs> One if we're not gonna do it, at the very least, my favorite story about collision in Korea is um in we, during the time the week that they were there, um Kensuke Sasaki oh, ended up yeah. <laughs> meeting Akira Hokuto. And during the week, I think it was very notorious <laughs> that they so were they, they were heard aggressively making love to one another <laughs> they 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 were so loud that they woke other people on their floor up <laughs> oh my god and you know what they are happily married and have children now to this day i mean good, good on them but it's one of those things that like you like you 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 like obviously people hear about it in the context of this but then like later stories come through of people who've been on the road with them and they're like yeah no that shit's true <laughs> you know what you know what if that says anything it says that love can bloom anywhere even in north korea i was going to say yeah, even in pyongyang north korea <laughs> all right in other bits of news in a, in in something that changed the bill and the card for in your house 1 Sean Waltman, aka the One Two Three Kid, suffered a broken neck at the late at the latest Raw tapings, and it was considered that um, that his career was over because he suffered a cracked cervical vertebrae. Oh no! Duh. But um, it but um, one doctor diagnosed him that his career is now finally over, but he got a second diagnosis, and that doctor told him that uh, he'll probably be able to miss only two to three months. Guess what? He only missed two months. That's unreal. Ridiculous. So, um, uh, funny thing here, fun, fun little one here. Dave attended a triple A show in Mexico, which nice. featured the debut of Perro Aguayo Jr. Rest in peace. Oh, wow. But you also saw Rey Mysterio for the very first time as well in this. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, Hayabusa is filled in to be Atsushi Onita's final opponent in his retirement match. Oh my god. That, but Onita, of course, didn't retire. I was gonna say, I was like, that seems strange because I'm fairly sure Onita wrestled just last year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Over in WCW, Steve Austin left a taping a few weeks back, claiming his daughter was sick. But rumours and news suggest that uh, most people thought it was he didn't want to put Sting over. But it was confirmed that Austin's daughter was legitimately very ill and had to be hospitalised. Um, there were tentative like, plans to turn Sting Randy over. Savage heel as an opponent for Hulk Hogan, though that never happened. Right. Uh, WCW had plans, were starting plans for bringing up a new cruiserweight division. Uh, presumably, and the notes for Dave here, presumably because Sabu wants no part of it. 
<laughs> and there are tentative plans for more franchising opportunities for Hulk Hogan as he gets his own spot in the Mall of America to open Pasta Mania. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. He's negotiating for leases as well in Baltimore and Philadelphia with plans to open five more locations in that year with another 25 in 96 and hoping to get onto a winner by selling Hulk Hogan themed pasta. I I wish Hulk Hogan's pasta mania survived to the modern day. We do know it survived because there is a there is a old rest beaten up restaurant in Minnesota that has the marquee for pasta mania. In the, nah, in I the... want I want a live active pasta mania in twenty twenty three. Hey, dude, <laughs> let me get the fettuccine, brother. <laughs> and so Give on the main fifteen observer in WCW, ratings for main event and Saturday night have been declining, mostly because. They've kind of stopped making them more eventful and must see TV. I was going to say, they no. kind of just made them into like. Sea shows, basically. I... Here's some dude you'll never see again. And so, uh, this also on this month saw the debut of The Renegade. Oh my god. Which caused a hell of a lot of controversy because people thought he was the ultimate warrior and it was a blatant ripoff of Warrior. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's legally distinct warrior. Speaking of the of the renegade, his debut match was supposed to be against Steve Austin, and Austin said, "I am not going to jump to him." <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> so his uh, Onita's retirement match. Against Hayabusa at FMW drew over fifty thousand fans. Good work, good work. In a press conference after the match, Anita stated that he'll never wrestle again, and he also squashed the rumors that he planned to go into politics like Anoki. Both of those were a massive lie because Onita would come back, and he also went into politics, <laughs> where he famously was caught by a fellow politicians in his office having a threesome. How do you respond to that as a, as a constituent? <laughs> yeah, how do you respond to that? That is actually very curious. That's like, the do you sort think of thing that... that only Michael Gove wishes he could get away with. <laughs> Here's the question. Does that hurt or hinder your career? But then again, this is the 90s, so... Hmm... <laughs> I get the feeling it's one of those things where, like, if it was a politician that you didn't like, you'd be like, I'm extremely disappointed. If it was one you do like, you'd be like, my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, by the way, for some weird reason, um, Dave goes off on, on, on John McCain for a little bit for shooting on UFC. Like, John McCain was trying to get legislation to make UFC illegal and Dave was, trying, oh, okay. was shooting on him. I was like, I was like, what, what, what do you mean, Dave? What do you mean, Davy Meltman shooting on John McCain? Yeah, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> also, in in a, in a nice little bit of offshoot news on this week's Observer, Vader appeared on Boy Meets World. Hell yeah! He appeared as the younger brother of Fred Savage's character. Ah, uh, yes, the younger brother, Vader. 
speed. <laughs> you gotta love it so much. All right, in the week of of the Observer that In Your House had took place, it was, uh, well, it took place. Dave wasn't all, uh, all too... Uh, infused about it although he was very much interested in this new era of what they would know uh, what would become the monthly pay-per-view model um it was usually that these in your house shows would uh, be scheduled in between the big five and would be uh, significantly less expensive than the regular uh, or than the top five so uh, i found this out 29.95 was the price of the big five pay-per-views at this time okay and then it was fourteen ninety five for the in your house pay per views. Alright, let me let me do some maths. Yeah, we gotta adjust that. Right. We gotta do US, some inflation, US like inflation calculator, I'll get it up. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Because from my angle, that doesn't sound like that's too much <clears throat> of a deal to me. Okay. I might be wrong. Uh this is nineteen ninety four, right? Yeah. And they were twenty. So the big ones were twenty nine ninety five. Sorry, ninety five. I should say it was not ninety four. Twenty nine ninety five. Okay, so for a big five pay per view, that's the equivalent of sixty one dollars now. Damn. So now I need to figure out what the fuck is sixty one dollars in pounds. That is forty nine pounds. Damn. For a pay per view show, and that's a bargain, yeah. Apparently so. Well, no, no, no. So no, no. That's that. That's the big. That's the big five. So fourteen ninety five is thirty dollars. That's about twenty five pounds. That's for a not a. That's not a bargain. <laughs> that's not a bargain. As we have to remember that at this point that the entire finance system hadn't crashed like four times. Exactly. So. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a point. <laughs> so, um, to quickly rattle off some of these as well. Uh, WWF held their final show at the Boston Garden, bringing in people like George <laughs> Steele, Arnold Scarland, Killer Kowalski, Chief J. Strongbow. And Freddie Blassie was scheduled to appear. Uh, but didn't, but didn't due to a due to a uh, due to a recent heart attack. And Bruno was scheduled to appear, but um, he was still very bitter towards how they treated his son during his time in the WWF. So he said no to that. Dave also talks about his time at Triple A and felt it still feels very weird about seeing Pedro Aguayo Jr., who, fun fact, was only sixteen when he made his debut. Oh wow. Wow. Ray Ray Mysterio Jr. was only 15 when he made his debut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Masara and Tawe have an amazing match that gets five stars from Dave, because of course it does. <laughs> he also goes on record saying that Al Snow is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the business at this time. Okay, kind of based. <laughs> Make, doing great business in Smoky Mountain. And thinks that he should definitely get a push in WWF and WCW should he join. A recent news story talks about how some doctors have been experimenting and found that super glue is better than stitches. Which Dave goes on the records to say that apparently Dr. Sabu is is a visionary since he's been doing that since the middle of in the middle of his matches for years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Steve in WCW, Steve Austin had a meeting with Eric Bischoff, and he pr- and Eric pretty much forced Austin to actually man up and job to the Renegade, with the promise that he would reform the Hollywood Blondes with Pillman. They never did reform. <laughs> wow, people uh, in wrestling lying, unreal. I cannot believe it. And uh, unfortunately, the famed ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, is no longer working with WCW due to budget cuts. Um, Or as Dino once called him, Gary Michael Apatelli. (laughs) And of course, oh, here we go. The very first, very first, oh, sorry, second, I should say, Hall of Fame had been announced. With the Grand Wizard, Antonio Rocca, the Fabulous Moolah, Ivan Putsky, George Steele, Pedro Morales, and Ernie Ladd all to be inducted. Yay. As Dave says, until they induct Bruno Sammartino, it will never be a legitimate Hall of Fame. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was what was going on in the world of wrestling. Let us get on to our review proper now so live from the upstate medical arena in syracuse new york i kid you not that's the name of the arena it's the inaugural medical arena house okay so let's talk about the cold open or the opening promo package where kevin where kevin goes it's in your face no kevin i believe the the pay-per-view is called in your house and this isn't the xwf or maybe it is, brother. <laughs> oh, Although I do love the next thing he says when Kevin says "in your face," you just get a, like five seconds of Sid just laughing his head off. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's like he corpsed, like he heard that and he just couldn't hold it in. I like it's a thing we'll go on through here, but Sid, in the context of this pay per view, is just so he's just so much of a thing. I even know how to describe it properly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the big hook for this pay-per-view to get people to buy or get the incentive to buy this very first in your house was that they had a contest where you could win your own house in Orlando, Florida. We'll get to that soon enough. But we are but Vince McMahon is on commentary alongside Doc Hendricks. Yes, fucking Michael PS Hayes. Okay, let me say this out loud right now. This commentary desk is absolute cheeks. I mean, folks, where's the lie? I'm sorry, it it's so bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, <laughs> There's not much I can say more than that, Dad. I agree. Yeah. It's... The commentary... Vince McMahon sounds like he's doing an impression of us doing an impression of Vince McMahon. Oh, whatever! It's it is... so aggressively over the top. Like, I was just like, what are you doing, man? What whatever is this? Nice move, that's a like, Like, you can hear the origin story of his voice with this yeah as i said his commentary voice is very weird because it's not like it's not shouting but it's not talking either 
just this weird half rasp of a thing. I know, it's so weird. So strange. <sighs> and he would still be in commentary until 1997. Just, 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 just let that, that, that seep in for you. Just two extra years. And you had this. fucking Jim Ross working for you for two years at this point. I know, it, it's stupid. It really is. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is Mother's Day in the USA. <laughs> on yes. Oh, yes. Yes. All you right. know, I, I have to get my first thoughts out with this. Because watching the whole thing, I, I kept thinking of a quote. Okay. <laughs> Which is, the old world is dying and the new world struggles to be born. Now is the time of monsters. And welcome to the new generation of, of the world, yeah. people. <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah. Like this is this is such a fucking phantom zone time. It really yeah. is. And it's just like you see flashes of oh, this is gonna be very important. And then it just gets buried <laughs> in this. I know you know what I'm just gonna say it. This gets buried in this bullshit. <laughs> This is the this this is the WWF in crisis mode, Reardon, where they where they are desperately trying to claw on to competing with WCW. Being, being in crisis mode is the only time I could think of a situation where, for example, Yokozuna and Owen Hart are a tag team. Yeah, it's just nothing but cursed matches all the way down. Yeah, it is. It's it. Do the do the worst part about all of this is is that I feel like in parts you can see where it's those parts where you can see that there was competency. Yeah. What I'll say is this. People who disrespect Bret Hart know this. That man was carrying that era of professional wrestling or the WWF on his fucking back. People talk about making like, like making chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> Bret I, Hart was I, doing that. Bret Hart was doing something even further beyond that. <laughs> yeah, and it's Owen just... for, and Owen as well. Let's not forget Owen as well. Oh, we can't yeah, forget. But it, but it, okay, because like we haven't got we haven't got to the first match yet, right? <laughs> and there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff involved in this. But it it's stuff like seeing guys like Todd Pettengill. Fuck it, I will have like, nothing being said about Todd Pettengill. No, right? But he's putting in so much effort yes! and work yeah. to make this seem interesting. Our first match is Bret Hart versus Hakushi. Bret Hart versus fucking Jinsei Shinzaki. Which is, by the way, we start. at least we start off on a actually good note with match this one. Is, this yeah. is the problem! Yeah! It's the crazy, isn't it? Also, may I just uh, may I just bring up before we get into before we get into this match as well, uh, the modern day kamikaze. Look, right, <laughs> I I have it. I have a low bar for WWE at this point. <laughs> well, mind you, this is the same company that tried to get Ken uh, Kenzo Suzuki to become Hirohito. Like, like th this is what wow. we're working. This is the level of cultural sensitivity that we are working with here. I mean, to be fair, in in the terms of the time, we are working with the level of cultural sensitivity that everyone is that the entire crowd is chanting USA for Bret Hart. Who is from Canada? 
again, the the Canadian guy because he's coming up against a non American non like even a non American adjacent person becomes the American hero. Which it, if that isn't the most American thing, I don't know. I I it drove me mad hearing the USA chants for Bret Hart like. I don't the even ran, more random thing about this is, this is 1994. Five. Five, rather. Sorry, ni- 95, right? It's nuts. We, we aren't even in, like, <laughs> the developments that lead to the, to the mass patriotism. Yeah. So, chaps, would you like to know some a little bit of the backstory to what, for this match? They realize, well. they they realize that they still had a match on Jin Sations on Hakushi's contract and were like, well fuck it, we'll give them something good. So uh well so as we know, the very long, prolonged, far too damn long two year rivalry of Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler is still going strong. And so the king, in, in well, just trying to get one up on Bret Hart, recruits the services of Hakushi. The re- how he was able to recruit him is simply Jerry Lawler said that Bret Hart was racist against Japanese people. To which I say, that is fucking rich, Jerry Lawler. I was going to say, that's a bold statement from Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, like, Jerry Lawler... You're Jerry Lawler. You are you're you're 90s era Jerry Lawler. May I suggest suggest someone checks themselves first? (laughs) Need I remind anyone of Kai and Tai's appearances at Royal Rumble 2000? That's all I'm going to say. Again. (laughs) So the week prior at Superstars, Bret Hart has received a reward for Best Wrestler of the Year from Japanese media, to which Hakushi enters and attacks Bret with a throat thrust and a moonsault off of the stay of the entrance stage area. Which, which I, I have to say, de- based. Based. Yep. So at this time also, Hakushi was joined, well, was had a manager in a Kabuki-esque makeup. I'm sorry, Shinja. this fucking Shinja dude. Oh my god, he was so bad. I gotta say one thing really quickly. He- hearing someone just build as just from Japan was really just... Yeah, because other <sighs> places don't exist, bro. Just... Where in Japan? Just Japan. No, he's just from Japan. You just don't to need let you to know, know anything else. Just to let you know, fun fact, Shinja was portrayed by Akia Sato, who was Sato, one half of the Orient Express. The other half, of course, being Pat Tanaka. Yes. Yeah. If you wanted to know, but I guess you... Yeah, it, fair it, 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 It's just the thing of, oh, that Shinja, God, it, the name annoys me. The like the everything and the, the, the like again the worst part about it is Hakushi looks good on his own. Exactly. <laughs> the looks not even bad. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move quickly on. We get our main man Todd Pettengill rocking the tux and mullet in 1995, talking with Bret Hart backstage just before he makes his entrance. Of course, Hitman cuts a promo on Hakushi, who he respects, and King not so much. And then his music hits in the middle of the interview. (laughs) Yeah, that was so funny. But holy fuck, I hate Jerry Lawler. (laughs) (laughs) 
also, as Brett's making his entrance, hi, hello there, Tony Chimmel holding Brett's jacket. Hey. So, let's get to the match. Match starts with both men evenly matched in the opening lockups and countering. Smooth as butter from the pair of them. This is mm. where we get the USA chance for Brett. Again, who is Canadian? <laughs> Famously Canadian. Come on. But oh we get Hakushi after that, again, with some smooth, crisp countering. But Brett yeah. manages to get a surprise uh, early roll-up just for a two. A little bit of a slight miscommunication from the pair of them at one no, point. I have no idea what happens in this bit. It's but weird because what like, I it will just say, doesn't seem to fit. What I will say is both of them aren't fazed by it in the slightest because they both oh, they just, just go they back just run to with it. it. Yep. They just run with it. And then Brett arm drags Hakushi to the outside. We get big palm strikes and chops to the head from Hakushi, followed by the famous Brett Buckle spot. Yep. How, like, what are your thoughts on the Brett Buckle spot? Like, he just runs chest first into it. I love it because it's different. It looks so nasty. Mm. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it. It's just like, oh... The, it's the it's the definition of good snap, but really yeah, too, yeah. a bit too good. A smooth as all heck jump to the top rope ends with a splash from Hakushi mm-hmm. for a two. Um, but then again, we get we get we get the debut of the Bronco Buster in the WWE. I was going to say, I, I, wow. I, I don't I don't remember ever doing that. I love how Doc Hendrick says, uh, "Oh, he's going in your house and in your face." What with Doc? What with? Just oh my god! Um, those are really cool stuff, though. Obviously, Hakushi doing his uh his usual stuff, like the the handspring back elbow. Love a yes. bit of that. Um, goes for it again, but Brett's able to to clock on what he's about to do. But um, after that, Hakushi hits a wonderful like tilt a whirl counter on Brett. Yeah, it's like this. It it's almost like a gut wrench backbreaker. Yeah, oh, mm. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's awesome. And he gets off. He gets off. He manages to like like do a huge, huge diving headbutt after that for a two. Mm-hmm. And we get the big old bulldog from Brett as he mounts a comeback, followed by I love this Brett's rope elbow. <laughs> no one else uses the second rope. <laughs> It's yeah. why it's called Brett's Rope. Yeah. Shout out to you guys at it's a, it, it's, a, it's a lost art. It is. I will oh. say, though, if there's one thing I love about Brett, he, he's able to make the side Russian look good and look smooth. <laughs> yeah. Although we have had a lot of distractions from Shinja during this match, it all comes to a head as, he, as, as, as Brett attempts the sharpshooter. Shinja manages to distract him. Finally, Brett has had enough of Shinja, says fuck you, and <laughs> suicides dives into Shinja. We'll, 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 we'll call it a dive. We'll call it a dive. He, he attempts to go for him. <laughs> we get back into the ring. Big drop kick from Hakushi for a two count, but but, but a suplex is thwarted by uh, by Hakushi as Brett goes for one and spills both men to the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shinja manages to distract and hold on to Brett long enough for Hakushi to pull off a ginormous Asai moonsault. <sighs> Which is 
awesome. Ain't it crazy? Awesome to see. <laughs> Ain't it crazy that 56 that Jinsei Shinsaki can still pull off the Asai Moonsault that good? I assume it's just it's just ingrained mus- muscle memory. It yeah. has to be at this point. But I, I, what I love about this is that this is like again ninety four, ninety five. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I know that like <laughs> most people were not seeing this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think is... Vince was losing his shit as well. Like, oh no, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that these, is something that is wrestlers very... these days doing their flippy stuff, ruining the business. Is this what happened? Is this the origin for his hatred of flippy shit? God damn it, Akushi. <laughs> you ruined it forever. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, the ending to this match... Uh, manages, uh, Brett manages to beat the count of ten. Manages to get back in. Hakushi meets him for a suplex, but is reversed. As Brett manages to reverse, his, reverse that suplex into a victory roll for the free. Just like a nice surprise roll-up victory. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wow, that is a that is a surprise roll-up that I didn't hate." How about that? <laughs> but that is only the first of two matches Brett has uh, on this night, as he now goes up and faces Jerry Lawler. But during the celebrations, which, by the way, may I add, this is the opening match, and they gave Brett yeah, they, pyro and special they, yeah, lighting. Yeah, I was like, I, oh, I love this. They give him <laughs> pyro and special pink lights for an opening match win. That's how big Brett was. <laughs> but it looks like Brett twisted his knee as he as he left the ring. Did he mm. twist his knee? Ah, that remains to be seen. But we are backstage once again. With the man, the myth, the legend, Todd Pettengill, as he's backstage in the WWF Superstar line with Sweet Stan Lane and Alundra Blaze. Yes, they actually had a hotline for fans at home to actually call in and talk to wrestlers before and after they had had matches. That's ridiculous. So you would see a blown-up Razor Ramon who was struggling for air Caught, like talking to fans on the line. <laughs> Remember, this is when phone lines were still quite a hot commodity to get money and revenue. Yeah, yeah I remember. Never did it, but I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, try. Hey kids, charge <clears throat> your parents' phone bill up the ass. Let me let me just say though, right? We got to this match. Probably the best wrestling you're gonna see on the on the show. Yeah, because it only goes downhill all the way from here. Sorry. Are we are we doing ratings or not? I mean, okay. we can if you want to it because at this point, I literally did not give any match a rating. I was going <laughs> to say. I literally, because it was like, it got that bad. This one, if I was going to rate this one, it's definitely a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So this was my fig, right? So I had the I had the first two matches, which I gave ratings. Arthur just nothing, just wasteland. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to do that if you chaps are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Fine, we'll do that. I I will give my impression. But yeah, this is a free free and free free and a half out of five for me. Cool. It's a we, it's a, we, sorry, guys. No, it's a it's a it's a like it's a solid match that actually kind of made me feel. But it didn't make me feel good. It just made me feel like, oh, this is the best we got, and it's and just filled filled me with dread afterwards, straight <laughs> up. 
<laughs> yes, this this is the best match on the card. It's the best wrestling you're probably going to see at this and probably most of the new generation. And, <laughs> and it's the it is, first and match. It a, and it is a three and a half star from me as well. <laughs> so, whilst at the superstar line with Todd Pettengill, in enters Jerry Lawler, who's demanding he has his match with Bret Hart right now, because of course he does. But... Before he can even have that happen, he gets a page from his ill mother. Hmm. We'll see. Well, 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 we'll see an appearance from his mother very soon. But talking of that, Todd Pettengill brings it over to Stephanie Wyand, who was. But I think Todd and Stephanie were both um, presenters for like a, a Saturday morning like recap show known as WWF Mania. Fun enough, Stephanie is a pro- actually a producer. <laughs> Uh, who has produced films such as Fixing Parko, Revenge of the Bimbot Zombie Killers, and Deliver the Mother. I can say that I have not heard uh, of any of those. Nope, nope, nope. And, uh, however, I will say that Stephanie is wearing one of the most eye-bleachingly 90s jackets <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. It, so much so that it actually... It actually gave me a bit of like some weird flashbacks to my own mother. Shout out to my mum, <laughs> of, of, of like the of a very famous like well not famous but like the the most like iconic picture of me and my mum as a kid <laughs> with the, who had the similar style. But that jacket is putting in some work. Yes, I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it does. It's just this weird blazer that kind of <laughs> with a weird kind of like almost completely diagonal cut i i am i don't even know how to explain it for the listener like it's just this weird thing it's like it's like it's quintessentially mid-90s it really yeah like 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 the moment we hit 96 it just disintegrated because it knew it did not exist anymore (laughs) but she's there on the stage to reveal the trough of names uh, that have entered the In Your House sweepstakes contest for the house. Apparently over 340,000 had entered the competition to see who would win that. But we will get to the winner soon enough. Never mind that nonsense, because it's Jeff Jarrett, baby. Listen up, slap nuts. <laughs> okay. I need to say this. I need to say this. Is it Jeff- the light up hat? Jeff Jarrett's entire outfit is a war crime. It is. It is top to bottom awful. Entrance and ring gear? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And the light up hat with the with the light up J's made me feel like I was getting punched in the face. It is god awful remember it is, an obnoxious it is, it is, country a, it is an offense it is is an offense to the eye even though i think the light up hat with the light with the light up jays is kind of funny would have been a great merchandise item uh, i still hate it but <clears throat> on the also uh you the, on the first of many things hate how the roadie looks here there's a lot i don't like about the roadie in this match we'll get to that later <laughs> yep. um Crazy how road dog's the, hair the, never changed for the <clears throat> longest time. On the other hand, though, on the other hand, Razor Ramon in the Kentacloth vest. That I man f- has the dog in him. Ah, no, here's I, your think, main. I, I think what made me 
mark out a little bit was the literal laser blade lighting on the ground as he walks. Yes. Which is one of the most hardest shit I've ever seen in my life. I love it. I love it so much because even he has a backstage promo as like before he makes his entrance as well. It's like, I hear your main one, two, three, good chico. I hope you get well soon, man. You know, it's only when it like, it's, it's like it's only watching that promo where I realized just how hard he was going with the Tony Montana. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. It, it's one. It's one of those things, and it, this is gonna sound stupid. When you know he's not Latino, it sticks out more. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. But just... like when you're fully when you're fully in the thing, you're like, well, of course, Razor Ramon's from like. Obviously, he was from like Puerto Rico or something. I, I I felt like I didn't question it. The the brother is from Maryland, <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> just like he's just he, he he's <clears throat> a shortstop from Washington D.C. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't care though. That man's fit and everything about this entrance. He has the goddamn dog in him. He does. He does. And he does he does in this match because it is a two on one handicap match as that as Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie do take on Razor Ramon. Originally scheduled to be a tag match with Ramon teaming up against the One Two Three Kid, but as we know, he suffered horrific neck injury. They actually have One Two Three Kid call in to the commentary and, desk, and I love this. This is I awesome. can't understand. I've Fucking word, Sean Waltman said. No, you totally. can't. You can't. You can't hear a thing because the phone line is being. Com- it sounds like it's being compressed for like a fucking NES sound chip. Um, but I love this idea of oh, having well, the injured wrestler call into the commentary desk so that he can give his thoughts. I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm gonna give it my all. Uh, Ramon, Razor Ramon, do your best. <laughs> I. Poor Sean Waltman. That was a that was a deer in the headlights moment. Yeah, that call in was just was just like technology just wasn't there. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so we start the match just before the bell rings. We have Jarrett and Rhodey trying to corner Razor Ramon, but ref ref calls out Rhodey back to the corner. We get Jeff and Roman to start off. Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett are the best guys that threw punches in wrestling. No, no, oh, yeah. but, th- but this is this is my thing, right? In the opening section of this match, you can just tell that Razor just like Scott just knew what to do. Mm. Like he yeah. just he just got wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Really... Like that that that's that's literally it. He just, <clears throat> they both have just such the best snap with punches. Mm-hmm. To this day, it's crazy, isn't it? Jeff Jarrett is still has one of the best worked punches in professional wrestling today. <laughs> it's it just it just it's that thing that never goes. I, I imagine. I yeah. So drop kick attempt from Jarrett is stopped, and Ramon, uh, Razor Ramon is sent flying outside. But we get a Pearl Harbor moment from the roadie. <laughs> Oh. As Rody apparently Rody had not wrestled for the WWF up to this point. I can tell. <laughs> okay, look, I'll just throw this out of the open here. The worst part of this match is the Rody. It's so like 
Yes, I'm sorry. In this match, this man is cheeks. He's not th- just he's complete not cheeks. And he's part of the Armstrong family, so you would think he shouldn't be that bad. Like sorry, every, dude, you weren't great every, when you started out. Everything he does just slows down the match. Yeah. And it's one of those things of like, if this was just Razor versus Jarrett, it would be better. And if this was a tag match, it would be better. But in this state that it is, the roadie only serves to make this match worse. I'm sorry. In fact, actually, really, I'm not. But, like, you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because basically what we get is, like, we get Jeff Jarrett doing the, you know, getting the advantage. We get an Inseguri, Fargo strut. We get the crossbody that count- gets counted into the fallaway slam. Good sequence there. Love that. But as soon as we get the hot tag to Rhodey, it just gets slowed down by a clothesline, headbutt, elbows. Yay. And then he just tags Jarrett back in. <clears throat> and it's like, whenever whenever Razor gets like a good heat segment, it's always Jarrett. <laughs> it's, yep. It is always Jarrett, yeah. It's just, it's just something about like, this match kind of like, really really brought something home for me in that I don't know like if it's just this this pay-per-view or like the or like just the new generation in general but my god these guys move so slow it's new generation it's new like, it's definitely new generation Reardon. they Trust move me. so slowly and again like and the thing about it is that I know for a fact that 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 Razor Ramon can move faster than this. I've seen him do that. Oh yeah, no, but like it's a thing about this match. Like by maybe like the four or five minute point, Razor's gassed. Mm. Yeah, he really and like mm. obviously, obviously part of that is the schedule, the effect it was having on his body, probably carrying an injury, probably on perks. Yeah. Or Somers, which was the thing at that time. Yeah. Which right. Kevin so Kevin Nash has gone on record to saying that Somers were the in thing at that point. Like, dude's probably bugging. Yes. But like the, the 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 thing about this though is it's like Razor puts in so much good work, does some like really good bump in. He sells really, really does. well. Does yeah. a lot of really cool movement, right? He ain't fast, but like Everything he does seems purposeful. Mm. It's it's good. And it's like that thing I always say, which is like <clears throat> when when Scott wanted to, like he would put in so much effort. And <laughs> again, he does it with Jarrett. <laughs> he really yeah. does. He really like he really puts it he puts in effort, puts on a show, <laughs> but then we just get the tag to the roadie and we're just <laughs> fucking back to fucking square one. You know what the yeah. best part it... for the roadie was that he, when he took the back superplex for Razor Ramon. <laughs> no, for real though, that's basically <laughs> it. But uh to the end of this one though, uh Jarrett goes for the figure four leg block, but Ramon kick manages to kick him and knock him into the roadie. And we get the razor's edge for the one, two, three. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. But uh for the ending of this match, as he goes to razor razor's <laughs> edge the roadie, Jeff Jarrett manages to sneak attack uh, Ramon and gets in a figure four leg lock. But who should come to save the day for Razor? None other than the Portuguese man of war, Aldo Montoya. Oh, wait. Hello, no, Justin. 
Just incredible comes to save the day. Hey, how you doing, Justin? Nice to see you. And then someone else comes out. Who and comes to I didn't realise this until after. It's fucking Savio Vega. What <laughs> timing do we have with this that Savio Vega made an appearance at Backlash? <laughs> this is fucking Savio Vega's debut in the company. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. It's again, I did not know this. I forgot about this. So the fact that we timed this to backlash happening in Puerto Rico, as I said, <clears throat> uh, Sabio Vega came back for that appearance alongside Carlito as well. And yes, this Puerto was Rico. 29 went... years prior. Yes. Yep. And people were still fucking nuts for Sabio Vega. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah. That was, again, Dan, you have impeccable timing. What can I say? <laughs> it's my great skill of this podcast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a couple of promos and vignette packages after this yes, match we do, happens. But... We get a King of the Ring promo actually done in like a, yeah. a slapstick medieval style, which I quite, <clears throat> thought was quite then, cool. Then we get the greatest promotional video I've ever seen in wrestling. And it's just video clips of Sid with music and no voice. You know what I just my note here for that promo? That's one mean half-brained mother who likes softball. Would you would you like my my note? Yes. <clears throat> this is a nice random promo vid for Sid. No voice. Only Sid. That is all. <laughs> Okay, backstage we have WWF president Jack Tunney with Jerry Lawler. Hey, Both are arguing Tunney? that they want that Jerry wants his match now, but Tunney is forbidding him to go outside. Shout outs to Jack Tunney, kayfabe president of the WWF. Uh okay. And now, then we get now, a now we get we're a, here. <sighs> are we gonna talk about the shirt? In the middle <clears throat> of a pay-per-view, we have the company. In the audience, shilling merchandise. Okay, let me say this. That shirt is ironic heat. Yes. That Brett shirt is is so bad. But it but now I've been cursed by modern knowledge, and I know that shirt would be selling for £85 on Depop. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I think, I don't think we've, like, moved on from that shirt, frankly. No, we've reverted back to it. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of that Razor Ramon all over design shirt around the same time as well. Mm -hmm. Although that Razor Ramon one actually is not that bad when compared to this like, one. Like, that, that shirt is straight up ironic heat, and I, and I kind of weirdly love it. Wait. I wouldn't I wouldn't wear it, but I know people that would wear it today. I have that found, are not wrestling fans. I have found the Razor Ramon shirt I was talking about. This one. Oh, now that's gas right there. That's gas. I want to see Reardon wearing that and saying that he oozes machismo. That's all I'm saying. I, I Honestly, the only... Honestly, the only bad part about it is I feel like the face does does Scott a disservice. <laughs> it re yeah, it really does actually. That angle. The it, shirt look, it, look, it looks less like a cool 
like Tony Montana face and looks more like he's trying to let out a fart. Yes. I never thought I'd say this. In my notes, I said for this after this uh, merchandise spot. Thank goodness for Mabel and Mo. <laughs> no, I will never say thank goodness for Mabel or Mo. Yes, it's awkward, but oh my god, we're getting to this match. Okay. Mo. Mo. <clears throat> let me Mo. let me say this. Right. Mo. Mabel is Mabel. Okay. Right. He is he is what he is. <clears throat> yeah. Right. But again, I will stress this and I will say this and I will keep saying this. Adam Bomb was done dirty, right? Mm-hmm. If he came about later, we would be talking about that this man would have a killer 2004 run. But he did. You know he what? was known as Rough in WCW, <laughs> Dad. No, no, no. I'm talking 2004 independence. Yes. You're, you know, yeah, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> Just get, a, get him to have that, like, there's this techno song called Adam Bomb. That's it. Just, just put him in. Put him in. Shout like, out to Sam, Adam Bomb, man. Damn, <laughs> run with me on this, okay? Okay. <clears throat> he gets into the 2000 Indies, right? <clears throat> and obviously, he 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 decides, right? I'm gonna go CZW. Oh my god! Um, exploding barbed wire match with Adam Bomb. I mean, Zandig would be the one dumb, uh, smart enough to, to be his opponent. Before we continue, I just gotta say, the fact that Adam <laughs> Bomb gets the pyro was... I mean, he has to, <laughs> but it still surprised me. See, but this is the thing, though, right? This is just a random King of the Ring qualifier. Adam Bomb is like some lower mid-carder, and yeah. he has custom pyro. A mushroom cloud in the ring. And, again, that... That's fucking heat. That's awesome. Oh, to let everybody know, so for this match, it's a King of the Ring qualifying match. Mabel <laughs> alongside Mo of men from Men on a Mission versus Adam Bomb. Oh yeah, this is heel Men on a Mission, by the way. Yes. Not that the not that it feels like you'd particularly be able to tell, but I feel like I love that my notes on Mo are the exact same ones that the boys at OSW have. It's just me saying. Mo, 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 Mo. <laughs> okay, well then let me give you my notes because this match is a fucking waste. <laughs> I was going to say, this match <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> the worst part about it is, right, is that, man, Adam Bomb is working hard for this. <laughs> oh yeah, top rope clothesline, springboard this clothesline. Man is- this man is trying and is doing well beyond his years for for this like two minute match in which Mabel is just kind of walking about. What I will say is, in all of the things <coughs> I never expected, Mabel attempting a spinning wheel kick is one thing I never expected. <laughs> it's uh, the slowest wheel kick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, it's so bad because. There's one competitor in this trying so hard. And then there's And Mo. there's another person <laughs> who cannot keep up. And then there's Mo. <laughs> yes. And this match goes, Adam Bomb loses, Mabel advances. Oh my god, this is just so bad. It doesn't deserve a rating. <laughs> and so, yes, for clarification, gentlemen, this would be the King of the Ring that Mabel would win and eventually would become the WWF champion. 
boy. Just, I, I, I love that in all of this, they looked up Mabel out of these two and went, yeah, that's our champion right there. It is rather... It sums up it, a lot, don't it? it sums up a hell so of a lot. It's so absurd to me. Yeah, I'm not giving this match a rating. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Not doing that. I got nothing, man. It's too short. It's like... Yeah, exa no, exactly. Exactly. So we are skipping it. We're going backstage. We're going back with Mullet Supreme, Todd Pettengill, who's back at the Superstar line. Razor Ramon's joining him, who introduces to the world my main man, Savio Vega. I've not seen you in a while, chico. <laughs> Again, crazy how well we timed this. With Savio's debut and Savio's return last week. <laughs> it's just amazing how that works. Okay, next match. Match four. The tag team champions. Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Yes, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. In my notes, I refer to them as Yoko Owen. Give that man a medal. <laughs> Take on the smoking guns. Yes, Billy and Bart for the tag titles so first note hello corn cob how you doing <laughs> also may i just say first note oh god the guns are already in the ring this does bode well for them <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know again this is one of those matches where i'm just like it's just organizationally a mess because all right hear me out on this in this match yokozuna isn't even that bad He's not. He's like, not. Like, he isn't a detriment to it. <laughs> and, like, I, I, I genuinely think just, like, if he was slightly more mobile, this probably would be good. Exactly. What I mean, it's just a lot of the times he has to stand still or has trouble getting in and out of the ring. So you can tell this is not much of a match that they care about, considering it during Yoko and Owen's entrance, they go backstage with with Brett being tended to with an ice pack on his knee. Yeah. Also, may I just say, Jim Cornette, looking like fucking Lupin the Third. He's got his fluffy tennis racket. I was gonna say Lupin the Third if he liked <clears throat> if Lupin liked tennis. Um, my my other note with this is. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention because, I mean, I haven't watched a whole bunch of New Generation stuff. Uh, Bart Gunn, surprisingly smooth with it. Yeah, Smoking Guns were actually quite a so solid tag team. Both Like, like they were actually half decent. <laughs> they weren't that bad at all. Weren't that bad at all. Ain't it crazy that Billy Gunn's still going? Yeah, that's insanity. That is absolutely And nice. Billy Gunn looks bigger than he did here. He looks bigger now than he did then. Mm-hmm. So, yes, talking of Billy, we kick off the match with Billy and Yoko locking up into a headlock. Billy gets sent into the ropes and hits the brick wall that is Yokozuna. But he does manage to mount some offense by hitting a couple of uh, crisp drop kicks. Bart hits him with a double axe handle, but Yoko manages to headbutt Bart, and we get Owen coming in for the first part of his match. Big military slam from Bart Gunn to Owen, by the way. Smooth mm -hmm. as all heck. And we get a nice double team of a suplex dropkick combo from the Guns for a two. 
but Mr. Fuji distracts Billy, Gar Billy long enough for Owen to mount a comeback and to tag Yoko in. Big punches from Yoko as he applies a rest hold for two minutes in, and unfortunately, he's already looking a little gassed. Yes. This is the thing. This is like Yoko apparently had at this time, I think since debuting in 93 and in 95, I think he apparently he had gained over 100 pounds. I was going to say, because he was struggling out he there. Was, he was really, really struggling. Um, and uh, But Owen's back in pretty much soon after. We get a next breaker. The Irish whips Billy in, uh, Billy to the ropes. Manages to get out for sunset flip to a two, but a big spinning wheel kick sends Billy outside, and Yoko tries to attempt a ring post squash, but manages to dodge it, and Yoko is out. Billy's back in the ring, dodges a drop kick, and the hot tag is over to Bart. He does a decent, did not a bad decent hot tag with a couple of scoop slams for a two count. We get the Brett Buckle spot from Owen. We do, and it's nasty. <laughs> it is a nasty looking Brett Buckle spot. <laughs> but Yoko, we have we have a a, a a smooth two count for the guns. Bart attempts a crossbody, but Owen manages to duck down and sends Bart outside. A prone Bart gets flattened by Yoko sooner. <laughs> Gets thrown back into the ring, and Owen gets the free to retain the titles. Mm-hmm. That, that ended kind of abruptly, really. Yeah, just like, oh, well, that's it. That's done. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, they, again, they, not did, they, can they did not match. care. I was going to say, not much about this match. Vince and Doc Hendricks and the commentary booth certainly didn't freaking have much to say about this match. Again, I cannot stress it enough how awful that commentary booth is. It's so bad. It's so bad. I wonder how uh, how the Spanish uh, announced team were, were were like during this. Uh, to be fair, that is one thing. At the start, they give they give a bit of appreciation to the Spanish announced table. Do like that. Oh yes, I, I can Cabrera. only assume that their, their their commentary was infinitely better. Old than Carlos the Cabrera and Coke Man Supreme Hugo Savinovich. <laughs> Fucking Coke Man Supreme, what a guy, Savinovich. Let's let's not forget, during an event, when they cut to the commentary booth, Hugo had a huge pile of cocaine Brothers, on his table. Brothers just ripping a line live at work, what a guy. <laughs> so, backstage interviewer... Backstage interviewer Savant, Ted Pettengill, Todd Pettengill is backstage with the champion, Diesel. A rather pensive Diesel. Quite emotional as well as he talks about his mother's passing, being that this is Mother's Day as well. He okay. also talks. Hmm? So, so, no, continue and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on this. So, because, like... He also talks about his lower back problems that were sustained from an encounter with the Godwins a few weeks, which is, when you think about it, it's very, very massive amounts of foreshadowing as his back would be majorly messed up from Mabel, who would end up winning the WWF Championship from Diesel. I love his line here that makes everybody laugh. Sid's the master, well, I'm the walrus, so goo goo ka <laughs> That moment is, I literally out loud said he's doomed. <laughs> I literally out, when I heard that, I 
I love uh, that I Nash was, just was... put fifty percent effort into everything he did, but he was just dead so fucking good. I legitimately was like, his entire title run is doomed. It gave it gave me like bad end Roman Reigns vibes with yes. that. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this isn't working. This is it a man just... who just does not care at this point. But yeah. then when did Nash ever care? Let's be honest. But that's what makes him so damn cool. <laughs> I know, I get it. But like, but as, you, as, as your champion... I'm the walrus, oh. a goo-goo kachu. And he just says it so just casual. Oh, man. Which, I love the fact that he just made himself and Todd Pettengill laugh from that line as well. Like, they couldn't keep a straight face because he said that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's get to match five. Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart. Lawler's in the ring, finally. But he's in the ring with his mother. Yeah. This just has so many bad connotations, especially when you consider Jerry Lawler's life. <laughs> just, yeah, just his, his entire <laughs> existence. I... I kind of like had a moment of like of when I watched this and I watched this entire promo and this match of going, do I like Jerry Lawler or am I just used to Jerry Lawler? No, I I always say I feel like with wrestling fans we've just gotten too people have just gotten too used to him. Yeah, because I'm I'm gonna say this when you said in the context of Jerry Lawler. I, I, all I was thinking of is, you know those image memes where it just has like a random picture and then it just says like, as a person. Yes. Yeah. As Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I as... really feel like just everything about this is just bad mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we, we get another backstage promo. Todd is with Brett at the gorilla position, confirming that Brett... Faked his injury to fool the king, and he's A-OK. By the way, right? People say that Brett had no charisma. He's limping to the ring and looking like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> I like... I don't know. There's a part of me that just likes that Brett's just, like, like really hamming it up by limping to the ring. Oh, look at me! Oh, I'm hurt. No, I'm not. And so what does Brett do? He gets to the ring and it just starts running after the, <laughs> the king. <laughs> Which I, which is a good little move, but I'm just like, but why? Uh, the mind games. He's a sneaky Canadian. Those sneaky <laughs> Canadians. Them and their Tim Hortons. Is that it? Is that it? Okay. Right, look, bro, I've got no clue, okay? All right, all right, fine. Okay, so basically it spills to the outside, here, there, and everywhere. King's still trying to run for his life. We go. Uh, we get a snapmare, leg drop, and back body drop. Has the king rocked? But Brett goes to the well one too many times. Goes for the back body drop again, but King pile drives him straight into the ground. But Bret Hart does his best tribute to Road Warrior Hawk and no sells it. <laughs> See again, these these young wrestlers these days killing the business. No selling a pile driver. I cannot believe it. Anyway, it looks like Jerry Law is wrestling in golden syrup. It really is. <laughs> it really is. 
<laughs> I do love the fact that, like, even though King's pleading to to have Brett stop what he's doing, Brett just goes, "Fuck your pleading," and just spikes him with his own pile drive. <laughs> just. Oh, so, boy. and you can see that Brett goes for the sharpshooter at one point and goes, nah, and just headbutts him straight in the nuts. <laughs> or as, or as, uh, uh, or as Vince says on commentary, the lower midsection. Yeah, nice. Nice, nice. Yes. But we knew this match wasn't going to be smooth sailing because here comes Shinja and Hakushi to, with the uh... interference. There it is. Which, by the way, Vince at this point starts calling Hakushi Shinja. He keeps mixing the two of them up. You know, like, the whole thing about that is one of them's in a suit. The other one has uh, Japanese writing all over his body. I don't feel like there's much that you can miss but apparently you can just that's apparently just straight up can. apparently you bloody well can so uh hakushi comes in delivers three giant diving headbutts to brett who is out as lawler covers covers him for the win again i can't really <laughs> say much or give this match a rating because like because yeah. it's cheap that's why, because it's fucking cheeks. How are we still, like, we we are two <coughs> years deep into this rivalry, and this rivalry does not end for another year and a half. I want to know who thought this was a good idea. Fucking Lawler, probably. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> no, this is, this is awful. Anyway, after this, though, we get something brilliant. We get, we get the cameraman... <laughs> Way up in Psycho Sid nostrils. Nah, this. Oh this, my god! No, this promo is awesome. I don't care. It's, it's oh, actually not I, a bad promo from Sid. Come now. Yes, this promo is awesome. It's a Sid promo, really. <laughs> by all, but by that standard, it's actually awesome. It's so bad. This, it's good. I, I'm not even joking, Reardon. You're gonna think I'm insane. In the world of Sid promos, this is probably one of the best. I'm the most oh, good lord of the world. <clears throat> oh, good and let lord. me say about this. Do you know what I love about this? Right? The shot this is in is awful, but it feels like it's verging on some kind of fucking weird art film. I can see his paws, <clears throat> Dan. Right? The shot, the lines, the delivery, this is absurdist wrestling heat. But this is what, this is, this. here's the fun thing, right? This is how they filmed every Sid promo during his know, time at this it's, company. It's, it's so weird. So, this is so, I, I don't, I don't know. It's I don't know about so this. It's so weird. I, I, I can't help but fucking love it. Cinema, Kino, this is all of it. I, I am listen. I am not putting the Nicole Kidman gif on this. All right, I'm sorry. Look, there's another promo of Sid's that I just love. I just love like um just the just the tweet about that video as well. Um, look, it, this is so dumb. It's so absurd. 
I weirdly love it. You can hate me for that if you want to. Ah, good old Psycho Sid. Anyway, just before we get to the main event, we need to find out the winner of the In Your House sweepstakes. Todd and Stephanie are on stage. They're going over the, the, the house, trying to sell the, the, the what the people could win. The house, <coughs> the location, it's by a golf club. It has cable TV. Oh, it has a swimming pool. Oh my gosh, you get free entry to the golf club as well. Oh my goodness, I'm it's, it's a dream house. It's a dream house. So, just before they go to pick the numbers, Todd goes and grabs a couple of rakes. <laughs> Which, by the way, the pure unbridled joy of Todd Pettengill grabbing two rakes from backstage is infectious, if you ask me. <laughs> Again, yeah. the man had the man had way too much energy for this time in the WWF, and I can't help but respect him for it. <laughs> But as they use the rakes, they have a winner. They call the number provided, but it's a busy line. <laughs> they end up calling again, and they have the winner on the line. The winner was Matt Pomposelli, an 11-year-old resident of Henderson, Nevada. I kid you not, they might, the, the kid was 11 years old. So, would you like to know what happened to the house and what I'm, happened to the guy who, who won it? I'm desperate to know what happened. So from Nevada, they ended up, of course, winning the house. They managed they managed to end up getting it. But um <laughs> turns out the house wasn't that well built. And commuting from Nevada to Florida just wasn't that feasible. So Matt and his family sold the house six months later for $175,000. It yeah. paid for his college tuition. You know what? That's that's fair. Hey, get the bag however you get the bag. Exactly. Yep, yep. Exactly. <laughs> but, that, but that is the last we see of Todd Pettengill. Hopefully it won't be the last time we see Todd Pettengill. For, for, we've got a whole bunch of, uh, of, of time that we can uh, see him. I'll say it again. Todd was one of the most redeeming qualities of this time in the company, but he had he was putting in way too much effort and passion for the product that was not good. Can't help but fault the guy for trying. So he did his job. That's all we can say of him. Here we are. It is WWF Championship match, the main event. Diesel takes on Psycho Sid, accompanied by the million-dollar fraudster Ted DiBiase. Sorry, is that too soon? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I come from money. I come from class. The IRS are gonna fuck me up the ass. <laughs> oh my. Anyway. Okay. Ted, Ted, Ted Jr. is uh, not as much of a concern at this point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... This is wrestling. <laughs> so what in the world do you two with, do with two big lads? You have them do incredibly slow power spots. That's what you do. That's you what do, you do, do. You do two big meaty men slapping me in point in plus five speed. Or point yeah. five speed, I should say. Doug, I think point five is generous. Alright, point two five speed. <laughs> this match moves like mud. <laughs> really does. Like Can I just say, single bit, bit. Oh. Th yeah, th this match is straight up in syrup. 
Um, but also the the most random part of this is it starts out with like four minutes of Sid just selling. It really yeah. does. Sid just bumps and sells for like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like like Sid went out there and was like, nah, Nash, I'm making you work today. <laughs> You proved to me that you should be WWF champion. Like, like Sid was just like, no, we're going big today. <laughs> I do like, like th- the... this, this match is so aggressively new generation. It really is. I didn't write much notes about the like the plate like the move to move sort of thing. Oh, dude, I've, I've, got, I've got I've got I've got hot. I've got hardly anything because it felt like every other move was a fucking back elbow. Back elbow, snake eyes, or a big boot. <laughs> or there was one point where Sid was trying to get the cameraman to get in close as he deals damage to Diesel by just throwing him back first into the ring post. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't even know. But a lot of hot dogging and grandstanding from Sid as well in this match. Yeah. Although it was at this point, right? It was at one point during the match where Sid was putting in the camel clutch rest hold. That I spotted a Mike Patton looking guy in the crowd yawning his head off. It could have been Mike Patton Sid... for all I know. Sid Sid has that camel clutch on for like a good two minutes straight. <laughs> Do you want to know my 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 specific note out of this? I heard Vince McMahon say the phrase "lowering the boom." Adam Cole, baby. No, I si- never Psycho thought Sid, I would baby. ever hear that. That uh, fucking Vince say that. And what the even funnier part is, it's followed up by the most absolute dog water choke slam I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, oh, like Diesel gosh. was giving him all of that, and then that's, someone. That's that's that's. To be fair, that's that's maybe a stretch, but my god, is it not like Diesel like gets like hardly even a, a hop off the ground. It was like I don't know which one was worse, that one or Undertaker's one to Hogan at Judgment Day. That one, time. like, oh man, this is. <laughs> Although t- say that. Talking about the ending part, we get a, an atomic leg drop from Sid, which makes me think that was a Vince McMahon spot that he wanted in the match, didn't he? Because he like, saw Sid as Hogan, didn't he? Like the like the weird thing about like, I can't believe this is a phrase I'm gonna have to be saying. Sid is putting in so much effort to try and work for for Diesel, and Diesel just isn't paying it back. Like this makes Sid seem like a like a like he's a re like he's a mad worker. <laughs> Basically, like the seven foot Bret Hart. No. <laughs> like Sid, it is so weird because Sid is going to work. Really is he? Really is. He's he even selling goes for a so much for him. Man- he goes for a power bond and manages to get it on Diesel, but only for a two count. Yeah, but that's because he takes like nine years to pin him. Oh yeah, he hot dogs and grandstands. Yeah. Yeah. It takes him fucking forever. Diesel though manages to get the jackknife, and, and it makes uh, it, it makes like it look unreasonably makes him look unreasonably easy. And then oh hello Tatanka. Ah yes, Tatanka <laughs> <The> Buffalo. 
fucking just appears because they're doing the whole was it the million dollar corporation or whatever at this point yeah they gang up on diesel and look to finish him but uh the odds are even as bam bam bigelow comes out for the save and the less the less i say about an apparently indigenous man being paid by a rich white man to do things for him the better yeah the better yeah please please <laughs> um yeah then bam bam appears and diesel retains via dq <laughs> Okay, you gotta make you got you gotta book both men that look strong, eh, Vince? <sighs> Fuck I mean, no. just like I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know the logic of this and to talking be quite... about talking about Sid's promo being absurdist cinema, this is absurdist cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Nothing but question marks across the screen with this. What? Like, what kind of a company do you have to be where arguably a Sid promo is better than the match? WWF this time. <laughs> I want to have a WWF that's now being is now kind of being uh, hot on its heels, trailing against its competition again because we get shit like this. I want to live through that modern time period, so we get a we get a modern version of Sid, and I don't know who that is, but I I, I wish Braun Strowman. <clears throat> no, Braun Strowman could never be Sid. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> like, I did not even give this match a rating. It was such a. It was a fuck. It was a slog to no, get. No, I didn't. literally yeah. my 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 only point out of this match is this: this the only person that looks good out of this is Sid. Yeah, he really does, and that's <laughs> this such match a crazy unintentionally sentence. puts Sid over. <laughs> such a crazy sentence to say. Oh. Basically, what you get from this match is Sid is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, is that Sid can beat Diesel and would have beaten Diesel. If he at least fought for more than two seconds. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <clears throat> but as we all know, there is not a single thought in Sid's mind at any one time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. folks, where's the line? <laughs> yes, yes. I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> Oh man. oh man! So that is in your house one, chaps. How do we kind of feel <laughs> now? Basically, now that we've gone through, I think one of our very, uh, very, very few forays into the new generation of the WWE. This show is fucking dog water. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're <laughs> all in agreement. You know, there's no, there's no heat to it. Nothing. It's just uh, this, this lukewarm sludge. Ain't it crazy that it's because of this that we now have the um the month the modern monthly pay-per-view model of professional wrestling. This I is mean, the re- this, this this event is the reason we got great balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't even laugh about it. I'm just completely just like, what? What this, is this? This is this is the stagnant water of wrestling pay per views. Yep. It's the stagnant coke water of the coke machine and McDonald's it, it, of fucking pay per views. This is this is the wrestling equivalent of a puddle. <laughs> yep. 
it's just there. This ma- this show fucking sucks. <laughs> no, this this show this show is awful. The best part is Bret Hart versus Hakushi, and arguably that match could be better. <laughs> so it was so good that they even set off the pyro way too early. Like <laughs> that's all that that's all there is to it. The only other thing I can recommend this for is just that one minute video promo where it's just Sid and music. It's just a slideshow of Sid. Yeah. <clears throat> So I'm not even giving this match a whole rate, like of this whole show a no, whole rating. It doesn't like the 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 whole show doesn't get a rating. My my rating for the for the main event is just Sid. Yes, no, that's <laughs> and, that's literally what I put down. <laughs> literally, the rating is just Sid. Yeah, and then the whole the the show as a whole is like if I had to give it a rating, I guess like like a one out of five. Yeah. Like that, like the only that the, there's not even really a redeeming part because the best match is just average. You know what the most redeeming part about all of this was <coughs> when I watched it is that I had getting sober afterwards, so I felt better. Yeah, that's that's fair. I didn't have the luxury of that, so I just kind of watched it and was like, okay. I mean, I watched it in two parts, so I guess that's how I spent my evening and my morning. Yay! The the the, the again the the best match on this is Hakushi versus Bret Hart, which is in any other pay per view is a perfectly average match for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the the person that brings the most energy is Todd Pettengill, and the rest of it is just a confusing mess. If you want to see. If you really want some uh, some footage for your Sid highlight video, then you can get some here. That's exactly. about it. Exactly. Reardon, do you want to have the final word of this of this of this pay per view? It's a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. I feel frankly. like we. I feel like this is the very first time for one of these pay per view reviews that we all collectively have got. Fucking suck. This is bad. Like we've we've had ones like bragging rights, where we're like, okay, we've unfortunately lost like two and a bit hours. We will never get back. But that's mostly just because like the show is middling to like average. It's nothing impressive. This is a genuine waste of time. Yeah. Even even the the worst that we've seen. There's been at least some historical context to it that is interesting. This, this is just this, not this, worth this, it. This is just boring. Yeah. It really, really is. But that about does it for In Your House 1, and I'm so glad that we did, because we never have to go back to watch it every mm-hmm. time. I'm going to put a temporary ban on myself from picking pay-per-view episodes. Yep. <laughs> For about five episodes at least. <laughs> Sam 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 can get one, Reardon can get one, and then I'll finally be allowed back. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds about right. That sounds about good. That sounds like a fair deal to me. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that is where we're gonna end our episode today. But coming up on the next episode, I guess you could call this following on from In Your House One. We're going to be doing a retrospective for our third anniversary on Sid Vicious. 
Let's go! <laughs> yes! Oh, good old Sid Udy. We're going to be talking about his life and career, about how many times he went off to play softball. What a guy. My hero. <laughs> but that is all on the next episode. Until next time, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We'll never get our hour and 40 minutes back. And for we listening won't. to this, you'll never get your two hours back as well. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Stan Sid. Stan Sid.